Lord Jesus, we thank You for who You are. We thank You that a long time ago You moved in the hearts of Luke to write. And we have it today that we can hold in our hands. So Lord, be with us. Give us ears to hear and hearts to listen to Your Word. It's only Your Word that counts. And we thank You. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you got me going, babe? Okay, thank you. Alright. <clears throat> Acts chapter 9. As Hart has uh, told us, Luke has a way of introducing people. And then we come back in a little bit and see what they are, who they are, in a little bit deeper. But in Acts chapter 7, in verses... <clears throat> In, in verse 58, they were stoning Stephen. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witness laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Chapter, one of verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 1. Saul was in hardly, heartily agreement with putting him to death. When we get to... <clears throat> Chapter 9, first verse, first words, now Saul. So hold your finger there. We're going to just do look at a little stuff here. Um, Acts 9, until you get down to verse 30 of, of Acts 9, um, we won't get there today, but we'll probably get there next week. Um, in verse 30, 30 says, when the brethren learned of it, they were going to try to kill him. They brought him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus. Well, Paul, uh, Luke leaves Paul in Tarsus at this point. And then the rest of chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11 <clears throat> is all about Peter. And then in verse 25 of the 11th chapter of Peter, uh, Barnabas is there and Barnabas left Antioch to go to Tarsus to look for Saul and so we have Saul I've told you before that chapter 12 verse 19 Peter leaves Acts we don't hear any more of Peter and then in chapter 13 verse 9 uh, we have but Saul, who is also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, gaze, fixed his gaze on him. And from then on, we have no more Saul, but it's all Paul. Now, have I confused you? Okay, so what I'm trying to say is that, that we're, 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 we're going, Luke is taking us right on through. We're talking about Saul today. He becomes Paul, and then Peter leaves Acts, and it's all about Paul and where he is. So when um, we pick up in chapter 9, let's read the first uh, few verses of chapter 9. I'm going to let the reader read, so you just hang tight.
I hope I do. Chapter 9. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple of Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized. And he took food and was strengthened. Now for several days... Okay. I hope to get that night to verse 19. I may not get that far today, but we'll we'll see. Okay, verse 1. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, asking for letters from him to the synagogue in Damascus. Paul's conversion is three times in the, in the Gospel of Acts. It's here, it's in chapter 22 and chapter 26. Turn right quick to chapter 22 and we'll read just a little bit of that and then we'll read some in chapter 26 just to give you a little background about, about this guy we know is Saul and later on we know it's Paul. Uh, follow, if you will, chapter 22, verses 3 and 5, 2 through 5, and I'm asked Dan to read that for us. Then Paul said, I am a Jew, one of Tarsus, I say this I brought up in the city under Gamaliel. I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as ill for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of his ways to their death. 
arresting both men and women, throwing them into prison, as also the high priest and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters from them to their brothers and ambassadors and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. Look at your map. Uh, there you see down in the little green part down there you see Jerusalem and you see up in the pink Damascus that's, that's about 160 miles between Jerusalem to Damascus that's about a six day journey uh, they <clears throat> as 25 miles a day so they, that's about a six mile journey and as reference, look up in the orangey part, you see the big word Cilicia, and right below that you see Tarsus. Okay, that's where he was born. Now we don't have this in Scripture, but we have, we have other accounts, and scholars have put this together. Saul of Tarsus was born approximately A.D. 5 in the city of of Tarsus in Cilicia, which is modern-day Turkey. He was born to Jewish parents who possessed Roman citizenship, a coveted privilege that their son would also possess. And as we get through Acts, we'll see Paul several times was very proud of the fact that he was a Roman. In about 10 AD, so Paul was about five at that time, Saul's family moved to Jerusalem and sometimes between 15 and 20, he Saul began to study the Hebrew scriptures in Jerusalem under, under the rabbi Gamaliel. We've talked about Gamaliel. He was under Gamaliel that Saul would begin an in-depth study of the law with a famous rabbi. So in what, what he just read, what, what um, Dan just read, that's where he was. I want you to look at verse 4 a little bit. and We'll see this in a few minutes in chapter 9. I persecuted this way. Now, <laughs> when you name yourself, you name it one thing. But when somebody else names you, it could be something else. So the crowd named this movement the way. The way. Alright, turn all over to, to Acts 26 and, and we want to <clears throat> read a little scripture there. Follow along on verse from chapter 26 verse 4 through 11 and I'll ask Larry to read this part. My manner of life from my youth spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time if they are willing to testify that according to the strictest party of our, our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope and the promise made by the God of our fathers to which our twelve tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship day and night. For this hope I am accused by Jews, O King, why is that thought incredible by any of you that God places the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. 
are not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priest, but when they were put to death, I cast my rock or my bed against them, and I punished them often in all the sin of God, and tried to make them blaspheme, and in uh, raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Okay, now back to Acts 9. <clears throat> the green on your map is Israel. The pink in your map is Syria. Damascus was in Syria. <clears throat> so, Paul was going... <laughs> Saul, I, forgive me if I use the wrong name here, but anyway... Uh, he was going to Damascus, which was out of Israel. And that's significant. But he asked for the high priest to write him letters that he can go to the synagogue in Damascus so that he may persecute people of the way. Look at verse 2. And he asked for letters from them from the synagogue at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He'll bind them in, in Damascus and bring them back to, to um, Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened as he was approaching Damascus, probably on the fifth, fifth day, maybe sixth day, as he was traveling, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Now, we understand that, and deity is capitalized. I think most all Lord is capitalized in all your, your texts. Um, it might have been, he didn't know the Lord. It might have been, who are you, sir? Uh, it might have been something else other than him calling on the Lord. But at any rate, he didn't know the story. He didn't know what was fixing to happen. And in verse 5 he says, he says, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. So he met Jesus there whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you must do. Now, this is a pivotal situation. Up until this point, Paul was in control. Saul was in control. He got the letter, I'm going to Damascus, I'm going to bound these people of the way and I'm going to bring them back to Jerusalem for trial or whatever ever it is. When he met Jesus, Jesus took over. From now on, from now on, Saul is not his own man. Saul is obedient to what the Lord tells him to do. And that's a key for us. When we come to see the Lord, we are no longer on our own path, but we need to be like we talked last week, 
we need to be sensitive to the Lord's leading we need to be available to the Lord's leading that he may use us as he will so from this point on Paul is not his own man and he says verse 7 the men who traveled with him stood speechless hearing the voice but seeing no one Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open he could see nothing and leading him by the hand they brought him into Damascus and he was there three days without sight neither ate nor drank I've had fun with this scripture all, all week and I, I've told Velta I says it's better than reading a spy novel it's better than 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 Mission Impossible you know where you you they spoon feed you what's going on but that's exactly what the Lord told him he didn't tell didn't tell Saul squat he says you get up and you go to Damascus and now verse 10 and there's a disciple at Damascus named of all names Ananias <laughs> what did we just read about Ananias I sent you a thing in the email this week and Art talked about that Ananias was what he, he was disobedient to the Lord in the Holy Spirit and the Lord did what killed him right there so it, it's kind of funny to me he says this Ananias is going to come see you so the Lord told Ananias two things and this is kind of where the mission impossible parts comes in he says and the Lord said to him get up and go to a street called straight and inquire at the house of Judas a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying he said Ananias I'm giving you an address go see the man at that place and the address so happens to be Judas maybe I'm the only one that found a little irony in that but anyway here, here's the guy that betrayed him and yet Jesus is sending him to a house and he said Ananias you get up go to this address and there's a man from Tarsus named uh, Saul and he is praying verse 12 and he has had come in a vision a man excuse me and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him that he might receive him his sight but Ananias answered Lord I have heard about this man how much harm he did to your saints in Jerusalem and he's here has authority from the chief priests to call on your name now this is what Chuck Swindoll says about this this he says of course Ananias expressed concern not only for his own safety but also in the interest of justice the, the Lord didn't reveal his entire plan or even that Saul might be on the cusp of conversion 
he merely told the man to seek out Saul and lay his hands on him. <clears throat> it probably seemed to Ananias that a blind Saul benefited the church. Restoring his sight to an enemy of Christians seems counterproductive. It was a valid concern. Ananias didn't object or refuse to obey. He simply wanted to understand. The Lord doesn't always explain himself, and he's not under any obligation to do so. Still, he honored the earnest response of his servant. The Lord revealed to Ananias that Saul discovered during his three-day fast he had pursued the proud, arrogant, zealous Pharisee from Tarsus to save him and to give him a critical role in the redemptive plan of the world. Now, there's a poem written by Francis Thompson. He died in 1907. And <clears throat> it's the hound of heaven. As the hound follows the hare, ever increasingly its running draws near to the chase with unhurrying pace. So does God follow the fleeting soul by his divine grace. Uh, just some things that this little poem has been used. The gospel according to Peanuts. He described Snoopy as the little Christ and being the hound of heaven. Uh, I don't know that she's on Fox News very much now, but Kristen Powers, uh, she says, The hound of heaven had pursued me and caught me from a life of atheism and agnosticism to be a devout Christian. Listen just a little bit. It's, uh, it's about 180 verses long. Uh, Art's going to read just a few, uh, and then we'll come back. The Hound of Heaven. I fled him. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind, and in the midst of tears I hid from him, and under running laughter, upvisted the hopes I sped, and shy precipitated, adown titanic glooms of chasmed fears, from those strong feet that followed, followed after. But with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic, majestic instancy, they beat and a voice beat, more instant than the feet. All things betray thee, who betrayest me. Thank you. Okay. The hound of heaven. The Lord pursued him. As Swindoll says, this proud, arrogant, violent, zealous Pharisee to save him for his own Use. Look at verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go. This is, he's telling Ananias this. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear, to bear my name to Gentiles, kings, 
and the sons of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And he did just that. He went to the Gentiles. We as Gentiles have a... What can I say? We're indebted to, to Paul or Saul, as the case may be. We're indebted to him for the gospel. And he wrote and he lived and he preached and God honored what he did. He also went to kings, as we'll see as we go on in Acts. And he also went to the sons of Israel. Verse 17. Ananias listened. He was attentive. And he was available. So, verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you're coming has sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately they fell from his eyes something like scales and he regained his sight and he got up and was baptized. Last week we talked about this. Salvation. This is where Paul got saved. He saw the light. God got his attention. He says, now you go. And Paul didn't know what to do. Saul didn't know what to do. But he prayed for these three days. And he said, Ananias, go. Lay hands on him that he may receive his sight. And he did. And also the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about at baptism, which was an outward sign to the world that there were God's child. It always, baptism and laying on of hands and sometimes speaking in tongues, always happened at salvation always happened at salvation so what did Paul do <laughs> Saul do <laughs> he something verse 18 and immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight he got up and was baptized he was baptized before he ate anything I would have probably done it different. But anyway, he, he, he got up, was baptized, and he ate. And this is the beginning of a life that the God used immensely to bring salvation to us. To bring salvation to us. Okay. Next week we'll, we'll start with verse... Um, verse the latter part of verse 19 and we'll go on I don't know how far we'll get next week but we'll probably get into Peter's ministry and uh, <clears throat> we'll go from there um, so if you want to read ahead and I <coughs> certainly uh, encourage you to just begin there and read through about, about verse chapter 12 we'll, 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 go, we'll go from there
Any questions? No questions. Okay. Thank you for being here. You're a good looking group. And uh, how many do we have, Pat? 60, uh, 62. Great. Remember, if you will write a note or letter to a prospect, see Belta. I only have four, so they're going gone.